Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. It's time for the Roundtable with Round Daddy. Hey, Round Daddy. The Roundtable with Round Daddy. Me, James Strebel, Big Daddy. With your host, James Strebel. Hey, Round Daddy, James Strebel. Gotcha. On ESPN 680 and 105.7. I can't believe I'm admitting this on air, but I'm going to admit something on air. In my front yard is planted, in my front yard is a Louisville flag. Yo, 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 Anna Tarullo filling in for Jay Shrebel on the round table today. Y'all, shoot us a text, 437-9680. Y'all have been slacking on the text line today. Maybe it's because I told you you need to behave, so you're scared to send um, ones without being crazy. But let us know your Valentine's Day plans. Let us know your thoughts, your feelings on anything college basketball, what have you. I'm joined by Coach Mark Lieberman right now, but we're going to get right into it. Zachy C, do we have Jack Grossman on the line? We do. We got our boy, Jack. Jack, what is going on? What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Doing so good. We're doing good, Jack. We can almost make this our pod. <laughs> I know. We're really good. Treat it as the pod. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Jack. Yeah, Anna, welcome to Floyd Street's Finest, basically the podcast. Uh, yeah, no, let's get going. It feels good. <laughs> y'all run it, man. All right. Jack, come on. Tell me. Let's start with a little bit of the cat. Uh, did you watch yesterday's game? I'm assuming you did, or know about I was it. Able to see it? I was able to see enough of it. I, I was. I worked till about two thirty last night, and I'm actually uh, two thirty in the morning. Yeah, yeah, long night. Lakers played late last night. Um, Lordy. Uh, happens, Jack's but, Batman. I don't yeah, know if you knew that. I, now I know. <laughs> okay. He's in the Batcave, hungry yeah. now. But but yeah, so was able, was able to follow along enough with with what happened. Um, and you know, I thought Kentucky had a much better defensive effort. Obviously, and mm-hmm. it'll be. Yeah, you know, we kind of saw this on the Louisville side, to where you know they kind of been rug- dragged through the mud with how bad they've been defensively, and you can kind of focus them up, get them to play with that intensity for a game for Louisville. That was Georgia Tech, and also you know Georgia Tech isn't nearly as good as Ole Miss. Ole Miss isn't great, but like Georgia Tech, um, they, they're you know very much year one under Damon Stoudemire, trying to figure things out. Still have nights like you can see in Carolina where they play well, but but you know especially on the road they struggle some, but. You look at it, Louisville had a lot of intensity in that Georgia Tech game, but then they turn around against Boston College last night, and they can't sustain it. Mm. And I bring that up from the standpoint of Kentucky with how much they had really been ridiculed on on even a national level for their defense the last couple months 
Because, you know, I brought up since SEC play started, Kentucky's 157th in the country in defensive efficiency Yikes. for Bart Torvik, which is atrocious. Like, that's you're not going to do anything in the NCAA tournament doing that. And they really, really got picked apart by ball screens in the Gonzaga game. Ole Miss doesn't run as much of that as Gonzaga did, where Gonzaga was literally running that every time down the court and shredding Kentucky. But you saw Kentucky play with a much better sense of urgency on the defensive end. They were switching ball screens a bit more different than the drop coverage they were playing against the Zags, which I thought helped them out some as well. But the question will be is, is this a one-time, you know, Calipari gets mm-hmm. in their face about it, and they respond for a game and kind of sag back into the old habits, especially, you know, going into an Auburn game this Saturday where that place is going to be juiced, and when Auburn's hit on all cylinders, they can absolutely fill it up and score a lot of points. I don't. I, I'm not fully convinced of that, but it was nice to see that they had an M for a yeah. night to put together a good defensive effort against the against the final Miss team. And it's important. You have to have uh, a defensive presence. You have some of the young players. It's the same situation Louisville goes through. A lot of these college basketball teams to get guys to understand the buy-in to the defensive philosophy. When you have a Trey Mitchell on the floor, it really helps because he's a guy that's almost a soothing presence and understanding. He can communicate, he talks, and that's what you you really struggle with young players, game to talk and communicate and, and game to understand that's got to be, there's an NBA rule, it's three times loud, early, and often, so like when you're coming into a ball screen, expect to be screened or cut on, on every play, but you see that they're late in some of those actions and that's why either they're dropping or they're, they're soft doubling Kentucky. They seemed a little more in tune last night in understanding what they wanted to do, and the, and the focus was certainly there. Absolutely, because when you look at it, and you know, they're playing drop coverage, like I'll, I'll, go back, I'll go back to the Gonzaga game for a minute. They would, Gonzaga would run that high pick and roll pretty mm-hmm. much every time down the court the last 12, 13 minutes of that game. And Kentucky would play that drop coverage. You would have, you know, a Shepard or one of the guards, whoever, trying to chase off of back to the ball handler but when that happens the roll man dives to the basket there's got to be someone tagging the roll man to take away a layup and kentucky you know to go back to coach's point either they weren't communicating they weren't executing the way they were supposed to be a lot of times it was obvious honestly reed shepherd who wouldn't tag that roll man to where that would leave onyenzo bradshaw whoever the five man in the game was at that point basically having to guard two on one with the ball handler and the roll man, you're not going to get stopped at that point. Even if they did defend the initial action, Gonzaga did a great job of reversing back to Watson at the top of the key and then having EK seal the big man to where, you know, you're out of position if you're if you're a big man at that point. They really took advantage of that. So what adjustments – I'll turn this back to you, Coach. What, what adjustments really did you see from Kentucky trying to defend that action other than just trying to switch a little bit more often and getting Trey Mitchell in – it back in the lineup, certainly helping as well. Well, you're trying to anticipate those screens, and again, ball screens in college basketball is you know it's it's predominant. That's what teams are always trying to do, especially late clock or or after some zoom action or, or what have you. But you know, they they did a little better job of, of forcing it to one side and corralling and dropping and being able to contain it a little bit quicker and understanding it. And then the guards are doing a better job of recovering. And one thing that's 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 really important. You're talking about tagging the rolls and and you know when you're doing that, it, anytime there's a ball screen set, you want the players off the ball to take two or three cheat steps towards that ball screen and almost converge and then fan out from there. And and that's when you're when those young players. 
it's really during a game it's not the easiest thing in the world for them to understand to be two places at once and even it's as simple as putting an arm across the roller and to cover that up until the guy can recover back but it's all connected that synergy not only do you have to tag or plug that roll then the big has to recover back and then you got to close out and it's not easy and that's one of the hardest things. You look at college basketball, you watch an Ole Miss and a Kentucky, and then you see there's so much talent on the floor. Offensively, they're not going to have issues. The issues come when they have to defend and get stops. I think they grinded it out much better last night. They did it the other night as well. Can they continue to do that You know, mm-hmm. against an Auburn? And yeah. it's going to spread you out. And, that, and that's where the, the difficulty comes as yeah. well. And I want uh, both of you... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, Jack. Um, but 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 I, I'd add this too. I mean, everyone was so hard on the big men earlier in the week with Kentucky, saying you know they you know kind of going back to the chief weight discussion from last year. Oh, the big guys mm-hmm. still aren't defending the ball screens. Mm-hmm. I really thought the issue was more with the guards and yeah. everyone else rotating than it was kind because of, they were kind of putting you know on Yenzo Bradshaw. I mean, Big Z really struggles in ball screens, but yeah. Bradshaw and Yenzo aren't aren't terrible, and especially Ugo. I mean, we saw it last night with what do you have ten blocks, but but. If everyone else is putting the big guy in, in a position to fail, it's not going to matter who the big guy is down low. And that's kind of where I felt like happened against Gonzaga on, on Saturday. Whereas yesterday, the other thing I thought UK did a much better job of doing is they really applied a lot better ball pressure in the half court, kind of pushing the Ole Miss offense out two, three sets on the perimeter. And that's something that, you know, can really help against, you know, literally anyone just kind of throwing you out of your rhythm as an offense, kind of making things a little bit tougher for you. And that's going to be a big key for them against Auburn on Saturday, too, because Auburn's going to play five out. They're going to have a lot of guys on the court that can shoot the three. A lot of times, all five guys on the floor will be able to shoot the three ball. You're not going to be able to just camp Ugana and Yenzo in the paint and say block 10 shots to win a game again. Because, you know, why? Jani Brim can hit threes. Auburn will put you in big roll. If you switch him, the guy you're going to be switched on can hit threes. It's going to be a really big test for Kentucky and Uganda and Yenzo to say, okay, can you defend in space? Can you defend on the perimeter when a team like Auburn is going to be able to drag you away from the basket? Yeah, and look, it, it, it comes down to the, the athleticism that Kentucky has. And, and the mindset is, you know, getting the blow bys and getting beat off the bounce and that's where you have a disposition and you just got to have the mentality of not tonight that kind of erases a lot of those type of things when you're on the ball defense and you're containing it and you don't have to overhelp and guys don't have to come off bodies what's really tough and you were talking about the Bradshaws and Big Z's and and those guys and and look it, it takes two minutes to teach a big ball screen defense it takes two weeks to for them to kind of grasp the concepts and then two months to actually be able to do it in the game. So for these guys to come up and either, you know, you look at Virginia and it's drilled from from day one. They are hard hedging and they know their roles. They know how they recover. They know how to help. And they're just so disciplined in all those type of things. You might not know what you're doing, but the other four players don't. Virginia's so connected. I, I don't think you're going to see a Kentucky team that's going to be a great defensive unit and really connected but coach Calipari talked about it himself right he wants to get 10% better defensively and if you can just have some pride and understand hey I'm not getting beat 
off the bounce. That, that's my job. And mm-hmm. if I am, there's guys stunting and having gap integrity. And if we can just get our bigs just to contain and we can recover, you know, that will help because they're going to score yeah. points. This team is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a great point. You literally said hedging as I was typing out and typing it out. And uh, I wanted to make that point. I feel like it, it's not an effort thing. It, it's more being lost on assignments. And to me, that's yes. such an indictment of coaching of where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to be. This is like fourth grade level defending pick and roll stuff. You learn the pick and roll is the first play you learn in basketball. I want to get both of your opinions. What would you think? What if they ran a zone? I mean, if you struggle so much against a pick and roll, do you think that's something? I don't know if you would ever do it, but I mean, I think that's something that could be helpful. So that way you're not losing your man on switches. Bring back Tony Barbie. Let's go, Tony Barbie. (laughs) Come on back, boy. But but I'll say this, and I don't, and this is something that we've talked about on the Louisville side a lot on the podcast with Jim Floyd Street's finest. Good plug. Plug it, baby. uh, Yep. (laughs) Field of 68 Media Network. But one of the things that, you know, we've talked about with Louisville is that they look very lost on the defensive end. And, like, they're just throwing everything like a smorgasbord to different defenses (laughs) to where they really don't have an identity. And one of the things that, you know, Coach says a lot is that, you know, you can't just flip a switch and decide to be a zone team. That's something that you got to practice and drill and make part of your identity over the course of the long term to where if that's not something which knowing John Calipari – you know, I make you know the Tony Barbie joke, but but you know that that's not something he's ever consistently wanted to do as a head coach. I don't think that they're in a position to where you can say we're going to play zone seventy percent of the time after maybe playing a zone what maybe thirty possessions all year. If that, if that, I mean, yeah, that even may be more aggressive mm-hmm. or, or an uptick on what it actually is. I, I've seen it a couple times, but like it's just not something they do. To, to where I, I just don't know how much of a viable option. But is that not an indictment on like coaching? Like how hard is it? To, well, you with know, those I mean, with that talent. Yeah, it, it's it's there's so many things, and when you have players coming into the program, it really takes to to be a a, a absolute solid defensive teams mm-hmm. when you don't have veterans returning and you have a, a mix and you have some freshmen it really takes almost the whole season for them to really understand to conceptually gel. and to gel to conceptually understand all the nuances of how to blow up a, a, a dribble handoff and 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 closeouts and your footwork on, on certain different things and then ball screen coverage is you know and I I never like to even just say ball screen coverage it's it's almost ball screen defense because all five guys are connected and the, and the guys off the ball are are so key um, Jack mentioned about you know tagging and then recovering but zone is certainly a four letter word to Calipari so. <laughs> You know, it, 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 you're, not, awesome. you're, you're not going to see them play a majority of it because, like we talked about, it's not something that all of a sudden, okay, we play zone and that fixes, that's the elixir to, to, to everything. Mm-hmm. Because you're still going to allow open shots, the zone's going to slide, teams are going to find open spots, and that you're basically playing some hope defense, unless you spend a lot of time on those details. <laughs> some hope defense? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it. You're, you're hoping they miss, and, and uh. that happens sometimes. And uh, I just, you know, this team is... If they just become a team that just takes some pride in the half court mm-hmm. and, you know, as fast as they play offensively, you know, sprinting back, getting set in the half court and just making it a little more difficult. And if they, you know, incrementally just get force a couple more turnovers and get out and run, mm-hmm. I, I still believe, having watched this team, if they're healthy, they're, they're dangerous. Then you have, look, Bradshaw's been out and you're, it, it's tough for those guys to come back and they're not schooled in all 
the proficiencies of college level defense. Oh, it yeah. really is for people to understand. It, there's so much to it, Anna. So like. I think if they can get enough out of these guys, they, they are going to be a team to, to reckon with. I really do. I want to get back to that um, in a little bit. But for now, Jack, I'll, I'll um, pose this question to you. How much do you think that win for Kentucky over Chris Beard um, for a Louisville fan base or Louisville people who were kind of pro Chris Beard wanting to get him as the coach at Louisville? Do you think that changed um, the temperature at all on people wanting him? What do, what do you think it proved or didn't prove, or did it change the temperature at all of the fan base? I, I don't think – I'll put it this way. If you're doing the, well, he beat Kentucky, and that's why you should hire him off of one game, you're probably not looking at what's important when hiring a head coach. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a very – you know, the tall tale of, you know, Billy Gillespie only got hired because he beat Louisville in the NCAA tournament. Well, I, I don't think that's completely true, but that's just something that, that people like to point at and say. But you're not looking at, well, he beat Kentucky one time at Rupp in the regular season, or, oh, he lost by double digits to Kentucky one time in the regular season. You can't hire him. I, I, I don't think that's too much of an impact. I think, you know, if you're looking at Chris Beard, the big picture of it, like, look, the dude's been to a national title game and an Elite Eight at Texas Tech, of all places. Mm-hmm. That's incredibly difficult to do. And, <laughs> and so much more than guys like done. Musselman or Nate Oates or whoever else you have on that list hasn't even, you know. Well, I mean, Nate Oates has been, Nate Oates has been the back-to-back Elite Eight to Sweet 16 the last. But not a Final Four, and, and, right? Yeah, but Nate Oates, or, or, that, that was Musselman, but Nate Oates has been a number one overall seed. Chris Beard's never been that. Wow. I mean, it's... I mean, each of, I, I, like, if you're asking me just to choose from those three dudes, I'm probably taking Oates because I think, you know, even though he's had the least amount of tournament success of the three, he's the one that, you know, I trust the most in it to, you know, build a consistent winner type of deal. And also, I love there's just a solid play that they have at Alabama mm. to where, you know, I think that would be a lot of fun. Just the identity that those teams have, have are, are great. But I, I don't really think that's a realistic thought processes. I, I don't think Louisville can pay the price tag, whereas maybe an Ohio State could now Chris Holtz yeah. is on from Juwan Howard. I think those two would be more realistic for Oates than um uh than Louisville would be. But Chris Beard, I mean everyone knows it by now. It's what do you what 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 are you going to value with him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what he's done on the court or the um allegations off the court. And I've for a very long time, avoided that question. I'm going to continue to defer that because I don't know what. You can't though. But, it goes hand in hand with what it is. Right. Look, I'll say this: Chris Beard's a hell of a coach, and he will win no matter where the heck he is. I mean, he he has Ole Miss what? I mean, eighteen and six eighteen and now six, after yeah. last night in year one. Like that's Ole Miss. <laughs> that's hard to do at Ole at Ole Miss. And yes, I get it. They loaded up the non conference schedule of a bunch of cupcakes and all those things. But they're not a bad basketball team in year one. They're not great, but they're not bad. Mm-hmm. They're fine. But you're telling me you get him at Louisville with those resources and the and the pageantry of the job that he wouldn't win there? Of course he'd win. It's just the question is, you know, are you, as Josh heard, and as an athletic department, as a fan base, is Louisville in that spot to where we want to win at all costs? Mm-hmm. And we don't really care that we – hire a dude that has a, a checkered past. <laughs> yep. And I think there's varied levels of those checkered past. Like I, I think Chris Beard's checkered past is a lot different than, I'm not saying these guys are candidates, but, but you know, a Bruce Pearl 
having taking a Tennessee kid to a barbecue or Will Wade giving Devontae <laughs> Smart a strong-ass offer. I think the Chris Beard situation is very, very different from those two to where I think the other two would be a lot easier to, to explain away that baggage. Again, not that I've really seen any of them tied to the Louisville job, but, but that's just the first example that, excuse me, come to mind to where – where if you're if you're saying as, as you know if I'm Josh Hurd and I'm saying look, I don't really care too much about the personality. If we get some bad PR to start off with, but the dude wins, everyone's going to forget about it. I can't really argue with that logic. I mean, that's hmm. kind of how sports goes, <laughs> for yeah. better or worse. On that standpoint, to where you know it's a very difficult question to answer. And I'm, and I'll put it this way: If I was making Josh Hurt's paycheck, I would make that decision. But I am not getting that paycheck, so I don't have to make that decision. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jack! If, if, if the University of Louisville wants to give me that paycheck, I'll happily do it. <laughs> He's applying. And, and, and then, He's and ready. Make that decision, but but until I see that in my bank account, I'm going to continue to do the Nikki V. Johnny Two sides on. <laughs> I feel you, man. Jack Grossman with us now. Floyd Street's finest field of sixty-eight. You do field of sixty-eight as well, Jack. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, the, yeah. The podcast, as Lieber and I doing, Field, Field sixty eight uh, podcast network, Floyd Street's finest, uh, recording uh, tomorrow. Actually, Coach, I'm uh, glad you're feeling better. <laughs> yeah, um, listen, Zachy yeah. C's coming in but, here. He's yeah. he's uh, butting in with an Ohio State question. Go ahead, Zachy C. All right, Jack. So we talked about coaching search and everything. Who do you think are the most realistic candidates for Ohio State? Because the two names that immediately come to mind to me are Sean Miller, of course, the in-state guy at Xavier, and of course. Chris Mack, a guy who coached at Xavier and Louisville fans are very familiar with. It would be quite interesting. I think both those guys would be very successful at Ohio State, in particular Chris Mack, because it's not the pressure cooker job that Louisville is, because Ohio State, the pressure cooker job there is football. But is that a job that could maybe get a bigger candidate, like a Nate Oates or a Doug McDermott or somebody like that? Who do you think is a realistic option for Ohio State, considering their NIL and considering the resources they have? I think you look at it, and there's a few names that come to mind. First of all, I'm with you on Sean Miller. I mean, that would be a great hire if they could get him. Him, um, Chris Mack, I think would be a, a really good fit as well. And the other two I look at, you know, Nate Oates is a Midwestern guy. I mean, from Wisconsin, a little different, but the other guy I'm going to name is a lot more directly tied to the state of Ohio. But Ohio State has the money to where they can, whereas Louisville can't go blow for blow with Alabama. Ohio State can do that. Ohio State has a better. NIL set up for basketball than Alabama does. They traditionally have been more committed to basketball than Alabama has. I, I think Bama would pony up the money for, for Nate Oates in ways that they've never had to do for basketball before. But if you're going to make the, the big splash home run of home run hires, and this applies to Michigan too, Nate Oates is, you know, if you could get him, that would probably be the best guy you could get. The other guy I look at is Lamont Paris. Yeah. Who, yes. You know, uh, thank you. And, and, Knows the Big Ten. He was on Bo Ryan and Greg Gard's Wisconsin staff from 2010 to 2017. He's had a really, really great turnaround at South Carolina. Cough, beat that Cal, cough. I, I think that's that's definitely one that I would look at and say, say right now, those four, four are the ones that stand out more than anyone else. And Nate Oates was a very successful high school coach in Michigan. He sure was. I love that. So he's got ties to the area. And uh, um, if that job does... 
I'd be thrilled open. with Nate Oates for the record. I that would be probably my number one candidate. I think he would do a great job at Ohio State. Of course, you know, again, I would, there's. I would agree. Uh, I, I, I think you've he got, would win no matter where, wherever he goes. You've got, and again, it's 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 not always a reflection on the coaching staff. There's always baggage, and of course, the the, the stuff that Alabama went through a couple of years ago. Mm. There's a, there's always stuff that comes up, and there's always people <laughs> want explanations for 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 everything. So you know, that's just it comes with the territory. I once heard a football scout say that. If Hannibal Lecter ran the four two five, if he ran the four two five forty, they would say he has an eating disorder, and we're going to work through it. So, oh my god, that's hilarious! If, so if you can true. win and help someone win, there's you know people sometimes you might look murder the other along way. the way, and that's fine. <laughs> it's cool, Jack. I want to know before we let you go. Tell me your Valentine's Day plans. What are you doing? Are you a V Day guy? What's going on? Uh, I'm. I, 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 I mean, I'm very boring tonight. So I say for the NBA All Star break, so I'm working tonight. Okay, let's love. I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you um, a, a Valentine's Day story from when I was in college. Okay, you let's know, go. You'll get a track out of this. So, my freshman year at IU, I you know naturally didn't have a Valentine's Day date or whatever. One, my roommate who um uh, who, who who was one of my my better friends from school, I ended up living with him all four years. Here's um had a date with someone else on our floor so oh. mom calls me and says happy valentine's day sorry you're not in town for it so she says take you and some of your friends out for dinner so who said this go, sorry my mom your mom okay this is the yeah. best valentine so you go, can have yeah yeah so i'm like great so me and you know three four of my other friends we end up going to just local pizza place and we <laughs> end up not planned but we end up with like a couple tables away from my roommate and and, <laughs> and the girl <laughs> he was going out with. So did he hate you? you? Know, he, he wasn't too happy with us. <laughs> but yeah, we also ordered probably about eighty five dollars worth of pizza. That's good stuff. <laughs> for just like four people. Yeah, no, never get that offer again for my mom. I think I uh, went over the budget of what she your mom's said. like. We're in debt but, yeah, now, Jack. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so, so you can't I afford to, to eat. I managed to anger pretty much everyone that night, but I had a great time and I enjoyed some pizza. Sometimes you <laughs> so, got to do that. Hey, do, was it heart shaped pizza? At least. Um, so my roommate did get the heart shaped pizza. We didn't. We didn't get the heart shaped pizza because we. We ended up getting uh, the meat supreme pizza because, of course, we did because we were, you know, college kids that were eighteen. But I love not, it. Not, 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 not an A plus Valentine's Day story, but that's the best I got. <laughs> solid, Jack. It was solid. Good stuff, Jack. Tell everybody where they can find you on social media, where they can find your content. Well, how do we get some more Jack in our lives? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Jack Grossman ninety seven. Floyd Street's finest over on YouTube, Twitter. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whoever the heck you want to listen to it <laughs> there. And, yeah, I mean, Floyd Street's finest part of the field, 68 uh, Podcast Network. You know, talking Louisville Hoops every week. Good stuff, Jack. You are awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Anna Cerullo here filling in for the round. Daddy James Schreiber with Mark Lieberman. We will be uh, right back on the roundtable on ESPN 680. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. 
it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. You're listening to the Round Table with Round Daddy. Now here's Round Daddy, James Strebel. I like it there. Well, it is not Round Over time, Daddy. It'll loosen up for you. It's Kenny Payne. <laughs> it's not Round Daddy today. It is Anna Tarullo filling in for my guy James Strebel. He is doing uh, parent teacher conferences today. So thoughts and prayers to my guy Jay Strebs. But I'm filling in on this Valentine's Day. And let me tell you, you guys have been slacking on the text line. What is it? Anytime I fill in, y'all are slow on the text. I don't know whether you're scared because you can't be bad. You have to behave on your text because I'm in charge today. But they, give us a scared. text. Nothing Here's for you to read. They're scared of what you're going to actually think. They just want Strebel to say what they're going to say I know. To they you. want Strebel to just say it to my face. And now I'm not going to read. I would block. I'll hit that block on you. Sofro's in here. Sofro's in responding to mine earlier. Did I respond to you? Uh, I was I was going at you a little bit with beard and with some other Oh, was things. that who that was about? Yeah. Oh, that was you. That was like the one I responded to. I was like, I hate this guy. I was Let trying to help. Out. I'm just kidding. Uh, Mark Lieberman um, with me. Um, also, my guy, Max Gobby, he texted me. He said, moon landing totally fake Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey 100% a psyop man I don't know <laughs> moon landing I think was fake but I think Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey I think they're in love the way they were I, hugging I, kissing yeah I'm with you on that they're and in love on that, that would break Emery's heart so Good. is she a T-Swift girl oh my gosh uh, she's is, she, the biggest, is that why she made me a bracelet was it a friendship T-Swift bracelet it, it could have been she's a huge Swifty I love and her she's now a huge Chiefs fan is she so, good yeah. that's my girl <laughs> Emery yes so um, Coach Leaves let's talk a little bit um, let's just read let's just touch back on what we were talking about um, with uh, Jack last uh-huh. segment you were talking about defense you said it's kind of hard for people to understand like playing defense in college we were talking about Kentucky specifically just switching on the pick and rolls what do you think is the hardest adjustment from high school to college that you think this Kentucky team where's the breakdown so, so look the, these guys when they're playing tra- and it's not all but for, for the most part you know whether they're playing travel basketball, they're playing, you know, uh, high school AAU, what have you. They're not asked to. They're asked to go score and make plays. They're not guarding. Sometimes, sometimes they are, and sometimes it's just one on one, and it's all off dribble moves. Mm-hmm. And there's some really good travel programs. There's some really good high school programs that run yeah. good stuff and teach defensive concepts. But for the most part, they're not seeing the advanced actions that you're going to see. And whether it's how, how to seal on the high lows and, and, and transition and all the things that go into it. And, and simple as dribble handoffs, like how you're going to communicate on that. Are you going to, you know, push up and go under? Are you going to, you know, blow up the play and take that away? How's the big going to be regarded? And if you're not spending and it, it's, it's time consuming. And so I would say this, everybody, you know, gets on, whether it's Calipari or a lot of coaches, when you have new players and they're young to make them really grasp in a game what it takes to really, because it's happening so fast and for Mm -hmm. them to grasp that. And then you look at programs where they have players who've been there for two or three years and they understand what's expected of them. And you look at it and it's such a different, that's why you see in the NCAA tournament, a lot of mid-majors 
who have yep. veteran guys who know how to defend who take away your actions and make you almost left-handed. So they're going to take so away what you like to do. So that's why you see so many upsets in the NCAA tournament okay. and, that's, and during the regular season because you have veteran guys who understand they play, they play the 100 college basketball games. They understand. They've seen it all. They've seen mm-hmm. flex cuts. They've seen UCLA action. They've seen you know splits off the post. They've seen everything. So they know what to expect and how to guard it when you have indecisiveness a lot of times with younger players. And that's just the truth of it. And that's, there's really, it's, it's, it's a lot because it's, it's never what you teach, it's what you emphasize, and you can't spend all your oh, time wow. on everything. So wow. if you can get them to get grasp some basic concepts and get that in early, that's paramount to being successful. I love that. It's never what you teach, it's what you emphasize. See, that's such an interesting perspective because I see those mid-major teams who are successful in the tournament, and to me, immediate indictment on coaching, to me, personally. I think that's, what that's just think, a better right. coach, right? Mm-hmm. But you bring up a really great point, and I guess I knew that, you know, theoretically, that you have guys who are there longer and who ha- have had to depend on their defense as a skill and didn't just play AAU and just were wanted their for, for their offense to be able to blow by people. But, I don't know, Shaka Smart's um, success, unsuccess at Texas, really, and uh, how he's been made better at the mid-major, that's kind of changed things yeah, that's for me. Yeah, that's a no, great, you know, great it's, point. It's a because, really good you know, he's dealing barometer. with guys that want to be pros and aren't going to buy into, like, just selling out defensively. Mm-hmm. And, and one of his big quotes is, like, he was telling his group at Marquette, hey, you're not McDonald's. All-Americans, but yeah. he has a group that have played together who are veterans who understand schematically, you know, shrinking gaps and, and how they want to play and, and, you know, giving early help and cutting off the, you know, the, the corner and the baseline. Mm-hmm. So those things, yeah, it, it's so much different. It's not uh-huh. really, it's coaching, but if you can get the most out of your guys and, and at least understand that. Um, and, and look, they're going to get up for an Auburn. They're going to get up for an Ole Miss. It's getting up for the UNC Asheville's. It's getting up for some of those games mm-hmm. and understanding those teams are really good. Yeah. I think just my, I guess my frustration with Cal and it has been for a long time. I guess a coach like Patino, right? Nobody gets more out of less. Calipari, it's like nobody gets less out of more talent. Right, but, but look at, Anna, look at um, St. John's right now. They're, they're struggling defensively. They are. Yeah, you know, well, they've you been know, better. Yeah, but you know they're pressing, but you know, and me being able to really dissect it and knowing yeah, what you know more than I do what what he likes to do. Yeah, yeah, a lot of those things. There are some breakdowns. There's guys not, you know, taking away certain actions. There's guys not in the right spots at mm-hmm. times. You know, he he wants them to be. You know, the denial on the inbound. Some guys are late. You know, as soon as a, the ball goes through the basket, we'd have a Peyton Seaver or Rut Smith go right away and deny. And then the backline guys would understand that. Mm-hmm. He's got eleven new guys, and for yeah. him, you know, they struggle on the defensive end. Yeah, yeah. So no, that makes complete sense. You know, so it, it's it's. But you know, in this age now, uh, it it's. When you when you really add players, you really you know you you can get wowed by some of their statistics. But sometimes you got to find those glue guys. You got to find guys that will fit with what you have, what your defensive mindset is. And if you're vetting those guys and you're getting grad transfers or guys from programs, there maybe their focus is on defense. And as you're recruiting them to come to you. This, how'd you guys guard this action? Mm-hmm. How'd you guard this? How'd you guard that? And that can help you, and they could be a better fit for what you need. 
I will say one positive that has been such a surprise for me is Antonio Reeves, how he's oh, sure. on both sides of the floor, but especially defensively. I mean, that's I don't think that's talked about enough. That is, you know, a feather in Cal's cap, at least how he's developed coming from an Illinois state. Right. You know, mm-hmm. not like a top tier program, not like super highly touted out of um high school or anything like that but just saying from your perspective when you I don't know how much you've watched Kentucky I know you, you mainly watch Louisville but where would you say the defensive breakdown is happening well you just mentioned and Illinois State is a is a very good defensive team mm-hmm. so I just think it's really just youth I think it's these guys you know when they when it's it, their eyes are open that everybody is so good you know, they were the best player on the floor yeah. at their high school and their travel teams, and they could just dominate. And they weren't asked because, you know, there's not always coaches who are demanding them on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. There are some, but sometimes they can just go out and do their do their thing offensively and create baskets. But then come defensively, it's they get to a Kentucky and they realize everybody is, is really good. And... Mm-hmm. You know, I can't just let a guy just go by me and and just expect you know yeah. me to stay on the floor. I've got to have that that disposition, that mindset. And I would always tell players not tonight. You know, your mindset is not tonight. You are not beat me off the bounce tonight, no matter yep. what. And understanding a scouting report. So, for, like I talked about, mm. these guys who played a hundred games, they under they've seen it all, so they understand. All right, this is what a team's going to run. There's their continuity. They're going to go right into. Um, a back cut and a dribble handoff and and they call that zoom action now and for high school, for for the for the new players it's it's a new world so yeah. it's all part of it but as the season goes on they get better and it's constant film study and all those type of things and you know so that's what you expect and you want guys who just who are just dripping with desire to yeah. understand that and get better i think kentucky has those pieces mm-hmm. i think if they're healthy i think they they you know and calipari talked about the other day scoring 65 63 points is not going to get it done but this team is going to score points yeah that that's not a question I, I think they do have the effort they have the want they have guys who play hard it's just knowing where you're supposed to be and i think one thing that kills me watching is you obviously know watching like a Gonzaga against Kentucky it's obviously mm-hmm. they have a good scouting report you know they're going to run a pick and roll on them you know what their weaknesses are very rarely do I see Kentucky run something where I'm like oh they watched the tape on this team mm-hmm. and they're doing something like to um, you know be advantageous of the other team's weaknesses but uh, just a question how much do you think not being great defensively do you think that hurts player stocks at all stock at all uh, you know your lottery and a little bit after those kind of picks somewhat um but for the most part it, you know most coaches have that hubris especially at the next level that they can get guys to understand and, and buy in and when mm-hmm. it's when they become professionals and that's all they're doing you know their defensive mindset's going to improve their defensive um understanding of what teams do that always gets better but Honestly, I like you. You look at and I've watched Kentucky. I, I just think when they have the right pieces on the floor, and Trey Mitchell is is big for this team. Reeves is big for this. I team. I love what you brought up that he kind of makes everyone calm. When yeah, he's yeah, there. because you have a guy that's going to talk. Talking is intimidating yes. on defense. You don't have a lot of young guys that will talk. They're going to call out coverages. When you're watching a, a, a really good college basketball game, you can hear these guys talking to each other. Yeah. And the biggest thing about when you're talking, you're not worried about yourself, Anna. So you're mm-hmm. you're able to really project that onto your teammates so when you have those two and you add some of the the young talent I think they're willing defenders I think they just have to continue to go through this and they still have time to improve but you think so oh yeah 
Yeah. How I much think, do you think they can improve and improve before March, before um, tournament time? Yeah, and, and honestly, sometimes that's up to them because if they're gonna, you know, when 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 I'm coaching, you know, we'll bring players in and say, okay, we're gonna we're gonna watch every one of your defensive possessions. We're gonna break it down. We're gonna watch. You know, we're going to edit it, and we're going to show you the 19 times you were late, and how you could have erased this mistake. Mm-hmm. How you could have, you know, just there's a blow by. You could step in and attack a charge. You can swipe and stunt and shrink a gap and protect your teammates and so on. Because that's when great defensive plays happen. When someone makes a mistake, that's when you see a block shot, a charge, so on. Ah. So to get guys to understand that and not to be, um, you see this so much. They're so consumed with their man. And in college basketball, it's so different. You really have to be able to help and yes. be off the ball. But you see some some guys so worried that, well, my guy didn't score. And they're kind of hugged up on their yep. man instead of coming all the way over. So that's part of the process. Mm-hmm. And again, I hark back to you know Antonio Reeves, who, who's played so much basketball. He gets it. He's seen it. It's a rhythm of Tra- helping, Trey Mitchell as well. Hedging. Exactly. Back. Yeah. Exactly. Trey Mitchell, who played it. You know, UMass, who who really understood that, was coached up hard there by, by the coaching staff. So he gets it. The young guys, you know, sometimes you, you get lucky, and mm-hmm. there are anomalies, and young guys who really buy into that, and then sometimes... That's part of the job. That's yeah. why you get paid pretty well as a coach. Let's talk cards a little bit. You do a great job of breaking down the games on Twitter. I love your analysis there. You go, you go in with oh, the pointer. You. you get on there. So <laughs> what were your big takeaways from Louisville-Boston College? I also want to ask you as well. Um, you know, Louisville did great first half, but there's always seems kind of to be a lag coming out of halftime. What can you attribute that to? What did you see that you liked? What are your biggest areas of improvement following last night? Yeah, and it, it's it's somewhat similar because they are talented offensively. You mm-hmm. have guys that can go score. You know, Mike James and Huntley Hatfield has really improved. Trey White, Tyler, so on and so forth. Caleb Glenn understands his role. They just they really do struggle defensively like yeah. you know they they almost gave up 90 points again last night and it's simple actions you know one of the rules is you want to contest you know everybody here is contest shots but it's not just contesting shots and you want to contest cuts you want to contest dribbles mm-hmm. you want to contest passes and so with Louisville one thing that they lack is a lot of ball pressure and Bob Vavano talked about that um this uh, I, I believe last night the ball pressure is is not where it needs to be mm-hmm. and that a lot of times that buys a half a second Easy for your fix, teammates. Tough fix. It's tough because a lot of the players, it's just, it's what they're teaching. And I'm not at those practices. So seeing that. And then last night, Boston College, even though they were down eight at the half, they were getting the shots they wanted. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't get stops. Mm. And then they dug in and they scored 50 points in the second half. They shot 56.7% from the yeah. field. They, they were 11 for 23 from the three point line and they were open threes. And a lot of teams and become offensive sensitive. And what I mean by that is they're 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 not scoring. And so now they might jog back, they might not be as engaged defensively. And that's what you have to fight as a coach. You have to get your guys to lock in. You have an eight point lead. What you can really do is control the tempo, maybe even slow it down a little bit because you don't have the depth, and then really have your guys 
get back and so on. And your offense can help your defense. You can get yeah. to the free throw line. You can do different things. Louisville just struggles so much in what they're doing on the defensive end. Yeah, I almost feel a bit like what you said about you know Boston College. You know, being down by eight, headed into mm-hmm. the half, they were getting looks. They just weren't capitalizing. I feel that way a bit about um, Ole Miss and Kentucky. I wouldn't say it was the best defensive performance ever by Kentucky. I think they were improvements last night, but I think a lot of it was just Ole Miss wasn't hitting the shots, but they were there. They were open. But let's switch gears a little bit here. TBT tournament. Um, you know, it's going to be back. Eric you're, Bl- you're, uh, you're Lexington. Uh, you're, you're Kentucky. Uh, That's right. Eric Bledsoe, baby. Yeah, you, you've team. got a team now. I love it. I just, and now you were Louisville's TBT mm-hmm. coach. Mm-hmm. Um, just what was that experience like for you? Uh, it was a lot. It was a lot. I, I enjoyed every second of it, but to think, to put that together and the people that were involved with it, you know, um, you know, Luke Hancock and, you know, Peyton was, was a huge part and, you know, having sponsorship from Wasteology, all those things were great, but at the same time, so many moving parts and so many times that we had a player locked in and then they weren't part of the team and then uh, yeah. making sure that you know from travel to to just making sure accommodations and when we're playing and what we want to do as a team and you know you're almost managing more than coaching because you're getting pros yeah. and so on but I think it was an absolute blast for the city I think it was you know uh, just from from all the feedback that I've heard it was just absolutely amazing i loved i loved it i was so blessed to be a part of it um i, I think i might hang up my whistle uh, <laughs> next year oh so, man yeah I, I know you were loved and people love that you coached i think you did a great job well i appreciate that and it, and it was it was it but it was so time consuming and Heck then, yeah um you know, so so I'll f- figure out other ways for Coach M to get. Um, Come on, Emery's got to be on the sideline. Yeah, she was seven people in and out. She, yeah, she was yelling, making guys run and everything. That's my and, girl. And whatnot, so that is my um, girl. But, you got to live up to the Emery standard. You do. Oh no, no. Coach M, baby. If you've seen her, where I've coached at, um, you know, when I was coaching in Georgia and then I was coaching at Southeastern Louisiana um, the last few years, yeah, she is a tyrant. That's she does my girl, not dude. Take anything. Does she take after you in in that regard? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. She's you yep. know, Yeah, I got to watch my language here, but yeah, she doesn't take any any crap. So <laughs> no, she, yeah. Yeah. So she's she's it's big my on that. Lady. So you know, as far as she enjoyed that experience, but you know, whoever's um, running the team, you know, this year will do a fantastic job, mm-hmm. and and you know, it's it's great that we were able to build that and start yeah. something really special. And now that you've got a Kentucky team and Indiana team. It's only going to grow. Yeah, um, I it's just, such a cool idea. Oh, it was fantastic. I love it, and yeah. I think it just presents such an opportunity, especially for Louisville. Just the nostalgia of like the program and the pride in the program in a place like Kentucky. You have so many guys who could come oh, back. Yeah. So I covered a few. Um, mm-hmm. So my last stuff was West Virginia before I moved back to Kentucky. Right. In West Virginia, oh god, I had so much fun with their teams. They have a whole podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so fun, but then also Marshall had a really good team they sure did. and that was so fun I got to go to a couple of their practices and just I know they they, they had the odds they had these like YMCA looking players just going there and make a big splash <laughs> yes they did it is a freaking blessing just what a what a beautiful idea from the guy who started all that so great freaking time but um, even stuff. that Elam ending is like, yes. I, it, like that I know it's incorporated now into the NBA all-star game and so on 
but I would I would say it's I think the G League adopted it a little bit, but it's fantastic to have all those things. Yeah, so, it's genius, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I love my guy Twani Twani Beckham. He's going to be uh, the UK team's general manager. Twani's awesome. I worked with him at LEX eighteen and known him for a while, so he's going to do a great job. So pumped about that. So excited to watch it, and it's such a great um, time of the year to have all that. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah, that summer really it it, it galvanized the whole community Heck just because yeah. coming off of, you know the season that Louisville had, it was really exciting and, and the feedback I got and the team got and to have Kyle Kyle Kirk hit a three and at Freedom Hall and Russ and Peyton, you know, trapping and, and playing that way. That was great. But I love that. To to recreate it, it's it, it's it's really tough. It's almost yeah. like um when Captain America and Iron Man <laughs> left the MCU. It's gonna be very difficult to, to try and do it again. And it's it's a lot and I think it's great for someone else to have the opportunity as well. And, yeah. and whatever else I I can do to help is, is great. Heck but yeah, you're you know, in there. It'll it'll uh, continue. It's only going to grow. I love it. Any big Valentine's Day plans for you, Liebs? I am uh, going to go see the kiddo. I've got uh, a plethora of items for her. And, I love uh, it. The Valentine's Day is the best when you're a kid. Oh yeah. Did she hand out the Valentines at school? Um, she had. You know, there's a. How do you feel about those? The you know with the messages. Those are the best thing. But they, they don't. They're so chalky. Do you like to eat oh, them? Oh, are you just, talking about conversation hearts? Yes. My earrings are conversation hearts right now. But yeah, no, like I will. <laughs> are they really? Yeah, they're conversation heart earrings. They sure they're are. Not the real candy, but you know, got them on Etsy. But um, yeah, no, I, I'll eat them if I have to. There's candy that I hate worse than that. But they're kind of fun, you know. What what's your what's your, what candy don't you like? I hate peeps. I saw Nick did a poll earlier. I would rather yes. die than eat a peep. I understand that. I hate it. Yes. But yeah, I, I can I can Marshmallows mess with, though? Do you like marshmallows? I do like on hot chocolate. Like I don't like them in uh, <laughs> like on a peep, no. No, thank you. That's not for me. You don't like being cold. No, I hate being cold. Yes. By the way, it's so nine hundred degrees in here. Uh, it's nine hundred six degrees. Sweating, in here. and I'm like, I'm freezing. Oh, I'm good. I'm yeah. <laughs> We're like Sorry. a married couple. We're fighting over yeah, the thermostat. It's, it's like, your world. It it's your world. Turn it's okay. Up. Yeah. <laughs> it's cold, but yeah, it's V Day. Uh, I love Valentine's Day. Do you have thoughts on it? Do you have strong feelings either way? I mean, yeah, it's it's great, and and uh, you know, I heard Zach earlier, um, and, and look, <laughs> it's. Yes, you should cherish whoever you're with yeah. all the time. But this is a special day, and and it's just fun. I was gonna say, and, which and, part and, did you hear? <laughs> I, I heard you saying that that you know it doesn't have to be a special occasion. It should just be your yeah. normal thing. And then, by the way, if, if the cooking part. You don't have to cook. Just cater. Bring in some really, really good stuff. Yeah, yeah that's what that's I usually do. That's a way to go. That's, Should I be happy with Chick-fil-A go. at this point, please? That, that might be, be my great. That might be my go-to anyway. But no, I, I just see Valentine's Day as an opportunity for fun. Like It doesn't have to be a big deal, but anytime you could do a little fun, you could do a little theme, you could do color-coordinated, there's hearts all around. I, I decorate for Valentine's Day. It's right just up your alley. Alley. I just I love it. I can just it. tell. Yes. It's just fun. You know what I mean? Yes. But yeah, good, good stuff. Do you have any... I know you're a big movie but a big, a big movie guy, you got any? Are there Valentine's Day movies? Is there? <laughs> is it like a love movie? I don't um, know. I, I, you know, earlier I was talking about. Have you seen *The Star Is Born* with Lady Gaga? Okay, I heard you talk about that. Lieberman, you're gonna be mad at me. I didn't like it. You didn't like it because it came out at the same time as *Bohemian Rhapsody*, and I loved *Bohemian Rhapsody*. You preferred *Bohemian oh Rhapsody*. Oh my god, I like cried in the theater. I saw it three times. See, I'm not. I never. I'm not judgmental because everybody has their their taste and things. But you're that like they me. Like. And, you're judging me a little. I'm bit. not. I didn't like I'm *A Star not. Is Born*. I love when she sang *La Vie and Rose* like that. I that love was, that. Yes. But the movie, I was like, meh. Really? I didn't love it. All right. Well, don't I beat mean, me up. 
He's going to beat me up after this. I, w- I would not do Mm-mm. that. Never. never. Was it for me? Did you see Bohemian Rhapsody, though? I did. I love that. I enjoyed but you it. like the Stars Born yes. more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. What's your favorite love movie? If you had to pick one, um, The Holiday. I love The Holiday! That oh, to me. Great movie. And then uh, Win a Date with Tad Hamilton. Something. Yes. Those two movies. So good. I love that movie. Have you ever seen Love Jones? Uh-huh. That's that's like yeah. one of my favorites. Great soundtrack. Maybe, yes. maybe I should just go home, do a little love movie kind of. That might be my night. The winning, winning a Date with, with Ted Hamilton, like that Tad Hamilton. Yeah. That movie. So good. Is really good. It's a throwback. It's, yes. Yeah. You got what? Kate um, Bosworth. You've yeah. got. Um, What's his name? Josh Dumerall. Yeah, jo- yeah. And then the the one who was on the the '70s show, I think, is the other. Oh. Um, uh, the actor's name gets away from me here. Not Ashley. Zach, can you can you? Zach, who is, is, it is it? Wilmer Valderrama. Oh, is it Wilmer Valderrama? No, no, no it's, not it's, Masterson. I haven't seen this no, since like no, sixth grade. It's not him. Topher Grace. Topher. Is Topher it Grace. Topher? Yeah, it's Topher. The Grace. The only guy I know who goes by Christopher. Zach, yeah. you see how much time we got left. I was going to say, we got like 15 seconds. We got 15 seconds. I love you guys. Happy Valentine's <laughs> Day. Thanks for letting me fill in. Uh, for James Schreibel on the round table with the round Eddie. this is ESPN uh, 680. Hope you have a nice night. Love you, Emery. Shout out to him.